teaching with excellence, such an important topic for those of us that are wanting to be wholehearted disciples and raise families that honor the Lord in every aspect of life. And we have a great uh, opportunity to hear from Sarah Bianchi on the concept of praying for your kids. Uh, Sarah and Jeff Bianchi are on the team here at All People San Diego, on the global team ministering to different people and have had a lot of different ministry experiences in a lot of different places. And they are people I'm always learning from on the topic of prayer. I really loved this talk. And when I was able to attend it in person, I took copious notes. and. I loved the metaphor that Sarah used on building a house um, in terms of building a house of prayer, talking about planning, excavating, laying a foundation, framing and the roof as the steps of building a house. And she talked about the steps of building the house of prayer for your families. There were four steps that you're going to hear in the podcast today, and I think they'll continue to be helpful for you as you want to pray for your kids so that they become all that God wants them to be. Step one, praying for salvation, just believing that God will touch their lives and invite them into relationship with him at the earliest possible age. Number two, crafted individual prayers for each child that you're believing for, maybe promises spoken over their life or things concerning their name. Number three, a family vision that you're praying for your entire family, just promises that God's given you and things that are in your heart and in God's heart. And then finally, just prayer to reflect on the goodness of God, whether it's thanking God for meals or praying for the day or praying as you drop off your kids at school, etc., etc. We obviously have many opportunities to pray. It's going to be a great time of equipping as you listen to this talk today. Thanks for listening to the All People's Equipping Podcast. dreams in God's heart that we may not even know of, right? And the our desire is to see, ultimately, the desire in a parent is to see those dreams come to fruition, come to their fullness. And prayer prepares the way for this. Prayer is like it's like the going before. You know, it's like God's always working in the lives of our kids, right? He's always doing something, whether we're praying or not. Like, God is God, and he's doing something. But prayer is like going ahead of our kids in a forest with a machete and just, like, clearing the path. And it reminds me of Isaiah 57. It says, and it will be said, build up, build up, and prepare the road. Remove the obstacles out of the way of my people. And that's what we have the opportunity to do. We can set the stage for our kids in prayer so that they have like the best possible outcome of loving Jesus and living wholeheartedly for him. So you might be asking the question, okay, really, does it, I've heard this go around, like, does it really actually matter if I pray or not? Like, if God's God, won't his will be done? Won't his, he's honest, th- like, his will will be done. It's God, you know? Um. But let's just let God answer that question as we look at the word, okay? So what does the word say? Pray without ceasing. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I'll hear and I'll listen and I will heal their land. The prayers of the saints availeth much. Ask and it will be done for you. 
Seek and you will find. Pray on all occasions with all sorts of prayers and requests. It says, then you will call on me and you will pray to me and I will listen to you. You will pray and he will hear you and he will fulfill your vows. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Okay, that's just all like off the top of my head scriptures that come to my mind when I think of prayer. But then the Bible highlights all these greats, you know, average people that made it great, like were highlighted in the heart of God um, by way of prayer. So if you're needing a miracle in your family life or in the life of one of your kids right now, there are miracles by way of prayer. Hannah, she went to the tabernacle. She was barren, not able to have children. She asked God for a son. And a miracle happened, and she gave birth to a boy named Samuel. Not only a son, but he was the prophet that anointed the greatest king of Israel. If you're needing healing by way of just, um, oh, if you're needing prayer, if you're needing healing by way of prayer, then think about, oh, I love this one, Peter walking along the road, and he says, he sees the lame man on the side of the road, and he's like, Praying this prayer, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I'm going to give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, he prayed this prayer, rise up and walk. We all have sick kids. We all have ailments, some greater than others. We need healing in, the li- in our lives. We need, our kids need healing. Deliverance by way of prayer. Think about Acts 12. So in this chapter in the Bible, there was like this massive persecution happening, an attempt to stop the growth of Christianity, okay? James had just been martyred. Peter was arrested. And guess what? The church began to pray. And it says in the scriptures, Behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to Peter, and a a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side, and he woke him up, saying, Get up! And the chains fell off his hands. That's powerful. There are going to be situations in our lives, in the lives of our kids. You heard it right here. This guy was bound by the chains of addiction. And guess what? Somebody was praying, and God intervened, and chains fell off of him. And his kids now, he has generations. There are three generations behind him that are raising up their own kids in the way of the Lord. And then finally, that, that question that we asked at the beginning, will his, won't God's will just be done anyway? Won't he just do what he wants to do anyway? Well, look at Jesus' life. I think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Even Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. So if you're wondering, should we even pray because God's will will be done? Jesus even said, not my will, yours be done, oh God. Oh, I love what, um, if you've ever read the book Celebration of Discipline, it's an awesome book, and I, I bring it out in many, se- I brought it out in many seasons of my life, but Richard Foster wrote this book, and he said, so many of the fathers of our faith lived as if prayer was no little habit tacked onto the periphery of their lives. It was their lives. And I don't know where you are in prayer, maybe it's felt dull, I know in my own life, as I've practiced praying and as I've gotten myself around people that, like, loved to pray, and I specifically have done that, I've been like, she loves to pray. I want to pray with her, and, like, I want to learn how to pray. It is so powerful and thrilling and exciting, and and moreover, it's just 
it's just so fulfilling to see God actually move and answer our requests and fulfill his promises in the earth. But amidst all of the great benefits of prayer, I think one of my greatest things, and going back to kind of what Ken was saying earlier, that I love as a parent is that I get to model the John 15 remain for my kids. And prayer is the essence. Remaining, that's prayer is the essence of remaining, right? Remain in me. If you remain in me, God says, and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. That remaining, that gaining the Father's heart, living with him, praying consistently, praying continually with thanksgiving, making your request known to God, the peace of God coming on you. If you remain, our kids are going to catch it. This is, if not, if not one, it could be the most effective, potent tool in parenting your kids. Prayer is so powerful. And it's really like, I, I equate it to like the building of a home. So now I'm going to give you some of the framework and the tools that you can like take home and put in your tool belt. So it's like the building of a home. First, you dream a little bit, right? You like make the plans. Okay, I'm going to build this house. Then you excavate. Okay, and then you lay the foundation. And then you put up the framing. And then eventually the roof goes on. And it's the same with prayer. So our prayers, Jeff and I, our prayers for our kids have just been really built over time, kind of like a house. We started out with um, when Jude was in the womb. We started out. I'm going to give you kind of like four elements, but we started out with this like foundational piece, and we started praying this foundational piece. It's called salvation. <laughs> if we really believe in the gospel, we know that salvation is bottom line. We want our kids to know Jesus and to follow hard after him. And it says in 2 Samuel 14, um, like water spilled on the ground that can't be gathered back up again, so we all must die. But that is not what God desires. He is devising and crafting and making ways so that the banished one will not remain estranged from him. That's the heart of God. He desires that all would know him, right? And so we started out, number one, salvation. That was our first bottom line prayer. We would pray this little potent prayer. God, we pray that each one of our kids would come to know you at the earliest age possible that they would know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and they would surrender to you at the earliest age possible. Number two, crafted individualized prayers. And this is what you're going to, at the end, where I'm going to give you like a good 10, 15 minutes to get um, some time to craft a prayer for your kids if you haven't done that already. But crafted prayers are so powerful because really crafted prayer, prayers are birthed in God's heart and they're birthed and he imparts them to us to go, okay, what, what is God really saying over my child and what's he maybe doing in this season? And I'm going to like go for that. I'm going to go for that one thing. Do you remember last week how Suzanne was like, there might be one thing in the suitcase that you're wanting to give your kid in this season and you can just kind of lay on, like, really focus on that, and don't be overwhelmed with, like, I've got to just pray for everything. So the crafted individualized prayers um, are kind of like the framing of the house, right? And this could, these prayers could relate to, like, how you even named your child, what God spoke about the name of your baby, or even, like, maybe if you didn't seek him on Maybe you just said, oh, I just love this name. Maybe look at that name and say, because God's so 
incredible that he deposited the name of your child into your spirit, whether you asked him or not. So maybe look at that name and say, what does that actually mean? God, is this significant over my child's life? And then, two, this could be in relation to, like, maybe even the season of time your child was born into, okay? Thirdly, it could be based on a prophetic word that someone gave you for your child or that a prophetic word that God gave you personally. And this is a story that's really fun. We got words for all of our kids. And then we came to Lux, L-U-X. It's our fourth-born child. He's our last, and he um, he's seven. And when Lux was in the womb, I was debating on, like, what is this, you know, what's this kid's name? And I loved, we had this friend in Boston that Jeff discipled that, um, went to the nations of the earth, and he's been overseas for many, many years, and now he's back. But he, the first day I met him, I looked down at his shoes. We were in downtown Boston doing this prayer thing, and I was like, whoa, what is it about this kid? He had these bright green running shoes on, and he, and I just, that memory just solidified in my brain, and he ended up being like a Prefontaine in the spirit. Prefontaine was one of the world's greatest runners. And he was like a gospel-sharing lover, winner of souls. And he still is to this day. His name is John Lux. And so I was like, wouldn't it be cool to have a namesake? What if we name him Lux after John Lux? And I was just kind of going back and forth on that. And um, then a friend of mine who didn't know, like, the names that we were kind of going back and forth over called me one day and she said, I got a scripture for your baby that's in your womb. And I think your baby is going to be like Daniel, who was said of him, he will shine like the stars in the heavens and lead many to righteousness. A, shining, Lux is like the name for light in Latin. And B, John Lux was a winner of souls. And those were just the two things that really resonated in me to go, yeah, that's what this kid is going to be. So, these are your crafted individualized prayers. And I'm going to share with you some of ours. I'm going to pray over all of our kids and share with you some of ours. And then you guys can kind of get to work. Um, and then thirdly, family vision. Who do you want your family to be? Pray that through. Who do you, what kind of impact do you want your family to have in the earth? And what might the call of God be on your family unit? And then fourthly, the roof. Okay, what's the roof? Have you guys ever heard that story of like, if your top button's buttoned, all the rest will come into alignment. The roof in prayer is the goodness of God. Are we thankful? Are we recounting the goodness of God? Because, see, this is where the Israelites lost their way, right? They started complaining, and they were forgetting. How could you forget the Red Sea? That was the most craziest experience that anyone could ever encounter, you know? Like walls of water, dry land, walking through deliverance, looking back and seeing the whole army of your enemies, like, go under. But they forgot the goodness of God. And I would say, make sure that that element, as you start to practice prayer for your family and your kids, just remains like the roof, the cap on your house. God is good. If your top button's buttoned, everything else is going to come into alignment, I promise. Like at the end of the day, no matter what trial, no matter what hardship, God is good. He's good. He's good and kind and merciful. So 
you know, um, my 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 uh, last point is just going to be like really simple, but activate. Don't 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 not pray for your family and don't don't put it on your husband or don't put it on your wife. I think sometimes in marriages, either we want each other to be like us, like I want you to just be me. Why can't you understand me? Why can't you be me? Or we like let that person be all that they are and we don't join with them. I think for Jeff and I, I could have been really intimidated. He's 10 years older. He had a, he has a very, very vivacious and consistent and very intricate, actually, prayer life. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have ever seen him, his journal, but he prays a lot. He At one point, he was praying, like, timing himself, praying a long time every day. Anyway, I could have been intimidated by that, the point is. Or I could have been like, okay, he's got it for our family. We're good, you know. But I, the Lord wants us to engage in prayer. It's like, it's a calling and a command for everyone. And now there is like the gift of intercession on certain people, but he's asking us all to pray. And I just, I have, I just encourage you to get with people who are living a lifestyle of prayer and be with them. One of my dear friends, Marcy, who lives in London now, we've prayed for years and years together weekly. And sometimes right now it's 530 in the morning and she's in London and I'm in America and I, we pray together because we stir each other up in our faith through our prayers and we sharpen each other through our prayers and we carry each other's families through our, in our prayers. And it's so powerful. So I just want to say be learners. Oftentimes I'll even ask Jeff, like, what are you praying for right now? And how, wait, how are you praying for this? What specifically are you praying for? So just a few, like, details. We pray with our kids all the time, in, in like, just constantly. We're just these potent little like God, you know. Obviously, thank you for dinner, um, or we'll just shout it out in the in in the kitchen. We're making dinner. Like something comes to mind. We're like, God, would you provide for you know so and so's baby as they're getting ready to deliver? Would you just just constant little potent little sentence prayers? You know, even like a phrase type prayer, and those are really good rhythms to get into. But also, we pray specific times in the day. We pray on our way to school. We have these crafted prayers that we pray over each of our kids on our way to school. And we pray those same prayers at night before they go to bed. And that is not for the religiousness or the um, the repetition of it. But that's just because we need it. And it's good to have a time in the day you do something. If you never schedule working out, are you ever going to work out? No. So that is that. those are sort of our rhythms. And then weekly... For years and years now, we've fasted um, once a week, and it's really low give but high potency. It's two meals. We do Friday morning breakfast and Friday lunch, and we fast and pray for our family. And honestly, some days we're like, we don't want to fast. And some on those days, we're like, Lord, should we fast today? And some days he's like, no, go have lunch together, you know, or do this. Or, but So it's not religious. It's like we want to cultivate the values of the kingdom, and he said, God says fast, and so we are going to fast, and so we do that as well, and that's just a really great habit to get into, and if your spouse doesn't want to fast, please don't force them. Just let God do what he wants to do in each of you individually, and if you feel like you're supposed to fast, 
don't be bitter, just fast, and your spouse will come along. I promise. I just want to say, these are really sacred days. These are really sacred days. And just like they say, oh, the, the years are, the days are long, but the years are short. It's really true. These are days where you can cultivate the lifestyle of prayer in your household that actually will do miracles and pave a way, but it will also, like, it will also set your kids up to be prayers as well. I wish I had that in my house growing up, but I didn't. And I had to cultivate it as an adult. And there's, and it's just, it's such a gift to do this in the privacy of your own home and in your car and walking along the road. And, um, and I just, I just feel like, you know, I just had this sense, I saw this picture of like, be you f- as families, you're digging deep, you're digging deep, you're, you're, you're doing a lot of hard work right now. And you're tilling ground for harvest. And, and part of the tilling is prayer. And your kids are going to be lovers of God, disciple makers of men, winners of souls. And, you know, the life skill of prayer is essential to see that come about. 